So this morning, the reason why I'm up here and I'm pinch hitting for Pastor, and I don't mind, um, was that yesterday Pastor Jose went out on a motorcycle ride um, with a couple of guys from the church and another group and had a great time, did I think over 300 and something miles, and everything was great, and he was coming home, and on the road right coming right to the house, um, there was some gravel, some stuff there, and when he went to turn into that, to, into, into the the street there, he went to turn in, his bike slipped, and he slipped, the bike, 700-pound bike fell on his leg, fell on him, um, but no bone broken, nothing broken. He's injured, he was injured, right, but nothing, yeah, give it up, God is good. Um, so at that time when that happened and he, you know, I wasn't there, I was at home, so it fell on him, and at that moment, um, there just happened to be these two guys riding a car, driving in a car and stopped, just happened to be, right, that know about motorcycles and say, hey, guy, are you okay? And another woman was there. Now, the woman I heard from Pastor Jose said, she was, oh, my God, how can I help you? Do you want me to pick up the bike? <laughs> you know, a superwoman, right? We think we could do all things. <laughs> she didn't even care that it was 700 pounds. She She's like, why do you pick up the bike? And he's like, I don't think you can pick it up. So the guys came and they pick it up. And at the same time, a police officer happened to be driving by. Just all happens at the same time. And she says, hey, you know, are you okay? Was it an accident? He says, no, well, you know, I fell the gravel, whatever. So she called some backup. And I mean, everybody was there in 2.5 seconds. So he calls me, very calm. He wasn't, he didn't pick up the phone like, honey, I fell, get down here. No, he just said, he said, hey, hon. So I'm th I thought he was probably stopped. I said, oh, hey, how are you doing? He says, uh, I fell. I said, okay. He says, um, he's down here in the main road. Come get in your car. Come get me. Um, I think I may have to go to the hospital. I said, okay. So I grabbed my stuff, right? I was on my computer doing something. So I put everything down. And the first thing that came out of my, my mouth was this, no bone broken. First thing, Father, I just started praying. Father, in the name of Jesus, nothing broken. Nothing broken. Got my stuff, got in my car, went down. Police, everybody was there. He's with them. He's fine. He says, I'm good. They checked him. His arm was hurting. He says, man, the longer I stand here, the more my arm is hurting me. Um, they said, you want to go to the hospital in the ambulance? He said, no, my wife will take me. So we get in the car, grab all his stuff, um, and we go to the hospital. And we go to the hospital, and he's in pain. Um, but they said it didn't look like anything was broken. They did x-rays. Um, they did a CAT scan, and nothing was broken, just like we declared. Now, at that, amen. At that moment, so I'm in the hospital room, and we're in the emergency room, and I'm there with Pastor Jose, and we're, you know, he's in pain because he just fell on the, the ground, and, and I get angry. I'm not angry at him. I'm not angry at, at I'm angry at the enemy. I'm angry at the enemy because how dare he, Right? So we're in the hospital room, and a couple of, uh, well, last month, last month, Pastor and I went away to a pastor's conference. And at this pastor, we just wanted to get away just to rub elbows with other pastors, see what other pastors are doing, what, you know, what, what, what's, what's out there. And we just wanted to connect with them. So we went to this pastor conference in Maryland. And the first night that we get there, the first opening pastor comes and says this. His first message is this, the fight is still worth fighting. And that stood with me. And I knew he was speaking to us and because Pastor and I are standing and believing for something great. 
We're believing God at his word for what he told us to do. Now, you know, a lot of you know about our Why Not initiative. I didn't even speak about this first service, but you guys know that we, um, we're here in this building. Some of you know the history and the story of how we got here. And you know we're believing God for greater because that's what God told us, right? God told us what he wanted us to do. And we've been working that and we've been doing it. And we've been putting our, you know, doing what we have to do. And, and while we're doing that, let me just, let me just share with you. Uh, all this time, you know, you... <laughs> If you think that you're going to go in a fight, because you're not fighting against yourself, there's an enemy. And if you think that he's not going to fight back, you're wrong. Because he's going to try to fight back, right? Now, we already know he loses. He's done. He's, he's destroyed. But it doesn't stop him from fighting back. So all this time, we're doing all these things, and, and there's things trying to stop us from going where God is taking us. But the, the Lord reminded me, he said, the fight is still worth fighting. Don't lose hope. Don't back down. You see, because God was showing me back then and even now and yesterday in that, in that emergency room that the fight, you see, sometimes we get it twisted. We think that we're fighting against people. We're not fighting against people. We're fighting against principalities and powers and rulers of this dark age trying to stop the assignment that God has for you. See, because God has called you. And you got to excuse me because you think I'm fired up before I'm fired up right now. So I'm telling you right now, just get ready. For those that are new to this church, I'm usually very quiet. Why are you guys are laughing at me? But when you mess with my family and you mess with the people of God. See, you know, I like that scripture, the violent take it by force, right? And, and I get this thing in me. See, I, you know, I used to call myself warrior, right? I'm, I'm a warrior. Even my me a bracelet one of these bracelets says warrior on it because right? I feel like I'm a warrior for God and when and, and when the enemy comes and attacks you in the way that he does you got to understand why the attack is coming the attack is coming because God has a plan and a purpose for your life the attack is coming because there's an assignment that God has specifically for you and he wants you to accomplish but the enemy does not want you to accomplish it he doesn't want you to do it. And, and, and I remember just listening to that, to that sermon, The Fight is Worth Fighting, and, and I remember reading about Joshua. Anybody ever read the, on the book of Joshua? And the reason why today, I just see some of the teens, teens, the reason why I have you down here today is because I want you to hear this word. Every single one of you. Because there's an enemy that hates you. And there's an enemy that wants to try to destroy you because he knows that you're the next generation. And he knows that what we're imparting in you, he doesn't want you to get. He doesn't want you to know. He wants you to compromise. He wants you to, to follow the crowd. He wants you to be like everyone else. What I'm here to tell you today, you are not like everyone else. You are a child of the most high God. And God chose you. And I think of Joshua. <laughs> And I was reading Joshua, and, and I said, man, Lord, now I know why I kept reading Joshua. And I wrote this sermon yesterday in the emergency room. As I was sitting there, and I was watching. I said, Jesus, this is good. I, I want to sit down, and I want you to preach it, and I want to hear it myself, you know. So let's start with Joshua 1. Let's go to Joshua 1. The fight is worth fighting. Let me say this, mom, the fight is worth fighting. Don't you give up on that child. I don't care what it looks like. 
Don't you give up on them. The fight is worth fighting. Husband, the fight is worth fighting. Don't you give up on that marriage. Wife, don't you give up on that marriage. The fight is worth fighting. My single people here, don't you compromise. Don't you give up. The fight is worth fighting. Though this world says it's okay to do this, it's okay to have sex out of marriage, it is not okay. The fight is worth fighting. Oh, I'm going to dig in today. I'm going to dig in today. Joshua 1. Moses was the Lord's servant, and Joshua son of Nun was Moses' helper. After Moses died, the Lord spoke to Joshua and said, My servant Moses is dead. Now you and all these people must go across the Jordan River. You must go into the land I am giving to the Israelites. I promised Moses that I would give you this land, so I will give you all the land wherever you go. I mean, he keeps telling them, I'm giving you this land. I'm giving you this land. I'm giving, like, so I think you would get it finally that he's giving us the land, right? All the land from the desert to the Lebanon, all the way to the great river, that is the Euphrates River, and all the land of the Hittites will be yours. And all the land from here to the Mediterranean Sea is um, in the west, that is the place where the sun sets, will be within your borders. Just as I was with Moses, I will be with you. No one will be able to stop you all your life. I will not abandon you. I will never leave you. I want you to chew on that for a second. Because sometimes we just go through the Bible and the word and we just skip right through. But here's God speaking to his servant. And now Joshua would follow Moses. He was a helper. And he was learning from Moses. And he was getting from Moses. He was gleaning from Moses. And now God is talking to Joshua. And he's telling Joshua, Joshua, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you this land. You're going to go across. Um, You're going to have to go through the land of the Hittites. And I'm going to tell you who the Hittites were in a minute. Right? And no one will be able to stop you. All of your life. I will not abandon you. I will never never leave you. Now, what did God tell Joshua? What was God speaking to Joshua? What is God speaking to you at this time? Because we got to make this personal. Everybody here at at the sound of my voice, you have to make this personal. How is God speaking to you? On Wednesday, um, Brother Steve came and he brought a word for First Communion. Uh, first service, uh, first communion service, first Wednesday service, right? I'm on three hours of sleep, y'all. And what he said was, who do you say I am? Young people, who do you say God is? Older, who do you say God is? Who do you say? I want you to think about that. Who do you say he is? Is he your Santa Claus? That you just go to him whenever you just want something? Is he just your doctor? Is he just the person you visit on Sundays but you never talk to him throughout the week? Who do you say I am? Who is he in your life? Here's Joshua. And Joshua has an assignment. And he has to look to the one who has called him. He has to look to him. And here's, here's what God tells him. Let's go to verse 6 through 9. Joshua, 
Now, he already told them what he's going to do. This is what I told you to do. Then, then this is what God says. Joshua, you must be strong and brave. You must lead these people so that they, so that they can take their land. I promised their fathers I would give them this land. But you, you must be strong and brave, obeying the commands my servant Moses gave you. If you follow his teachings exactly, you will be successful in everything you do. Always remember what is written in that book of law. Speak about that book and study it day and night. Then you can be sure to obey what is written there. If you do this, you will be wise and successful in everything you do. Remember, I commanded you to be strong and brave. Don't be afraid because the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Always remember what is written in the book. Now, this is one of the Bibles that Pastor and I have upstairs. It's a big one. I brought down, see, sometimes you got to bring down the big guns. Because the fight is worth fighting. I only bought this big one because we have different sized Bibles, but I bought this because I wanted to give you a visual of a big book. Because you serve a big God with a big word. And a word that if you take him at his word, and you take this and you hide it in your heart, and you hold on to this word, not the word that they say, or not the word that he said, or not the word, this word, then you will make your way successful. He's not saying, I'm going to make your way successful. He said, you will make your way successful. How would you make your way successful? Through the word. And it's only the word. See, we, we, we've been trying too much. Oh, here we go. I'm going to get in trouble now. Ready? We're trying too much to mix this world system with God's system. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. It's enough of that. Enough of mixing and putting in and try to make this word fit your life when your life should fit this word. Period. No more of that. Because we have a job to do. We have an assignment from God. Can I get a tissue? Ooh, I'm preaching myself happy. Thank you. We have an assignment. We have a promise. And this is what God gave me first service right there when I was worshiping. He said, I gave a promise, and there's a plan. And in that plan, there's preparation. Because in that preparation, there's a process that I'm working out in you. I'm going to say that again. I don't know if I can say it the same way. So get the tape, put the thing on, whatever. There's a promise. And in the promise, there's a plan. And we're going to see that in Joshua. And in that plan, there's preparation. Because there's a process that I need to bring you to. And because of it, and this is what God told me. He said, it's time to cooperate with it. It's time that we start cooperating with God's promise, his plan, the preparation, and the process. We can't bypass this no more. We can't start trying or, or trying to do this outside of what God says. It does not work. The word of God tells us what we have. Do you know there's 7,000 plus uh, promises in this Bible? 
7,000 and change, whatever the number is, promises? Why are we walking around in sickness? Why are we walking around um, not having? Why are we walking around lacking? Why are we looking for love in all the wrong places? Why are we still doing things outside of this word? If you are a believer, then this word is the final authority in your life. There's nothing else. It's up to us to believe it. It's up to us, first of all, to get to know it. And I'm preaching even to the young teenagers. Teenagers, there's no excuse why you are not opening up your word and getting to know what God's word says. But then I'm going to challenge the parents. Parents, are you teaching your kids? Are you sitting down with them? Are you sitting down in the same way that people can sit around and watch television? and do? Are you sitting down with the most important thing that your child needs is the word? Because there's a world out there that's trying to take your child. There's a world out there that does not care about your child. Because there's an enemy. Or are we too busy trying to make a name for ourselves? Are we too busy trying to do things outside of God's will? See, the Bible tells us what we have. And God made a promise. And when we look at Joshua, and he said, and, and one of the first things that he said, he said, I'm going to give you all of this, and one of the first places you're going to hit is the land of the Hittites. Well, let me tell you who the Hittites were. If you look up the Hittites, they are people of fear and terror in the land. And most of the time when God tells you to do something, the very first thing that comes is fear and terror. But that looks too big, God. But that looks too hard, God. But what if I let that go, God? I can't let that go, God. Because if I let that go, I don't know where I'm. And, and, and we're trying to analyze it and we're trying to fit it in our minds. And we're trying to, 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 to tell God how to do it. That don't, it don't work like that. How about you stepping out in faith? How about you taking this and saying, God, if you said it, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. Because God gave Joshua strategy, and God gives you strategy. There were three things that God told Joshua to do. See, in every battle, in every fight, there's a plan, and God has a plan. So the first thing God told Joshua, he said, you must be strong and brave. Write that down for yourself. You must be strong and brave. Other versions, they say be brave, be courageous, right? See, God will not tell you to do something that he hasn't already put in you. Why would he tell us to be strong and brave if we weren't already? You've believed the lie that you're not strong. You've believed the lie that you're not brave. You've believed the enemy when he says, oh, you can't do that. Oh, you're not the right skin color. Oh, you're not the right gender. Oh, you're not the right this or that. Oh, you're not the right. Who says? Who says? My God says to be strong and brave. I shared this this morning growing up. I got this very often. You're such a strong character. You have such a strong character. You're so strong and all this. And at one point, you know, you hear that so much that you start going, oh, man, like, am I doing something wrong? You know, you start backing out. You start cowering back. 
And I remember doing that. And one day the Lord spoke to me. He gave me a, a vision and a picture. And I'm going to take you way back a little bit. Some of you already know my story. But when I was, I was saved in my bedroom, um, and it was a time when my family was just going through some stuff, and, and um, just the love of God just, just took hold of me in my bedroom, and I got saved that way, and we went to church. And I remember watching my pastor back then, and I always, you know, I used to watch him. And, and I would just, I, was, I would talk to God, and I would say, God, I want to be like him. I want to be like him, God. And, and, and we was in this church in the city, and that's where I learned how to serve. That's where I learned how to, how to love people. That's where I learned how to w clean toilets. That's where I learned how to clean pews. Today, you can't hardly even get anybody to come and clean the church. Now, I'm not saying you. I'm just saying everybody's too busy. And I used to be to give everything to the Lord, and we just would come in, and we'd do whatever, whatever was needed. And I remember his heart. Now, this was a Jewish man that got saved in a Spanish-speaking church. Tell me God don't got jokes. A man that was on drugs in Spanish Harlem. Jewish, got saved in the Spanish-speaking, they only spoke Spanish, and he got saved there. And God used him. He started a church, and this was his, what God gave him, a voice crying in the city. And the Lord would tell him, do you hear the voice of the cry of the city? And he would teach that, he would, he would pour that out. And that was so instilled in my heart. It's the reason why I'm here today. So I would hear that, and, you know, I got saved, and, and I would hear that, and I, and I would want to imitate him, and he, was, he would preach like fire. I'd get red. I'm like, oh, I want to be like that one day, right, God? And um, so one day as a teenager, and this is for all the teenagers that are here, I was in my room, and I was crying because I wanted a boyfriend, right? And I said, God. I want a boyfriend, but I don't like the boys in church. Sorry, boys from church. I don't like the boys from church. <laughs> I don't know, God. And, you know, just teenage stuff. And I'm writing. I'm like, cry, cry. I mean, I remember it clearly. I was bawling. And I fell asleep crying, asking God for a boyfriend. The next day I go to church. <laughs> and we're in the service. And <laughs> I'm sitting right there on the side. And, and we're worshiping, whatever. And... My pastor stops the service, and he says, I have a word um, from the Lord for you. So first I did, like any good teenager would do, is look around, right? Because he's, he's talking to you. He's talking to you. Because, you know, us teenagers back then, you know, you do things, and you're like, then the second thing I did was, because then he said, no, you. Then I said, Jesus, forgive me right now, please. Please don't, uh, I love you, and <laughs> I'm so sorry, whatever I did. I didn't even know what I did, but if I did something, I'm sorry. So that, that was me, literally, I was <laughs> sitting there. He says, then he says, stand up. I was like, well, wow, I got to stand up in front of everybody. Now, it's a full church, full pack, 700 people packed in. I was like, he puts me to the front. He says, I have a word for the Lord, and he says this, that I have a man for you, not a boy. Now, there's no way that man knew I was praying for a boyfriend the night before because he wasn't in my bedroom. 
He says, I have a man for you, not a boy, and you will be used greatly. And I'm taking you over water, and um, where you go, I'm going to be, you know, he's, he just gave me a lot of stuff, but what, mainly what he said was, you're going to be used greatly, and many lives are going to come to know the Lord, and many lives will come to um, just serve the Lord and all this stuff. And we were like, I was like, wow. So immediately, everybody in the church came up to me after, like, oh, you're going to China. Or you're going to Mexico. You're going, because we had went on a, Mexico, a, uh, a, tr uh, a mission trip to Mexico. Oh, you're going back to Mexico. They had me over water. Little did I know that over water meant over the Hudson. Because <laughs> he didn't say how big of the water. He just said water. <laughs> so fast forward today. He spoke that in my life. Fast forward, Pastor Jose and I are here. Everything that God spoke to me has come to pass. And we're standing here today because that man that God saved heard from the Lord and poured into this young girl and, told this, and kept saying, telling this young girl, there's a voice that's crying out there. Do you hear it? I'm telling you today. There's a voice crying out there in this world. Do you hear it? Do you hear it? See, because <laughs> I'm not going to give up this fight. Though challenges come against us, though things may try to stop us, and Pastor and I, this is where we're at. We have been going after the building. We have been doing everything. We've, been, we've, been, we've done everything that we could. And now, right now what we're doing is we're standing and fighting the good fight of faith. And we're trusting God with what he told us to do. Because 2 Timothy 1.7 says this, The spirit God gave us does not make us afraid. His spirit is a source of power and of love and of self-control. See, when you were born again, the Holy Spirit came and lived on the inside of you. And it's the Holy Spirit that's your source of power. He's the reason why you can do all things, because without him you can do nothing. So when you're afraid or when, you, or when that fear tries to come or when something tries to stop you, and, you know, and this is, let me get back to that. People would tell me, I'm so, you're so strong. You're so strong. You're so this. And, and God had to tell me, don't listen to that. The reason why you're so strong is because the assignment on your life is really big. And if I, don't, if I didn't create you to be strong and, and, and stop listening to these voices of people because all it is is the enemy trying to stop you from your assignment. See, unless you're, you, you have my assignment, please don't speak over my life that I'm strong. I have to be strong. Because every night I stand and I pray for you and your family. Because I'm standing believing for your children. Every Friday we're here giving the word to your children so that they grow up men and women of God full of his grace, his power, his love. Because I I took, a, I, took a, I took a stance and I said, yes, I, Lord, here am I. I will go, whatever it costs, it doesn't matter. I'll leave it all behind. As long as I have you, Jesus, in front of me, I'm okay because you'll always take care of me. And I'm willing to stand. I'm willing to teach. I'm willing to lay down my life. We left it all. And I shared this with first service. But no, Pastor and I, we had all our our finances, we were both um, full-time youth pastors in the ministry. And when it came time and we felt that God had called us and he told us, come here, we left it all. I, have a I had two kids in college. I have a mortgage. I have a dog. I have a car. I have all these things. 
And God says, leave it. Do you trust me? I mean, most people look at that and like, oh, no, my car, my this. We left it all. Left it all. Left it all. I'm going to tell you why. Because I trust him. Because he's never left me. He's never failed me. He's always been faithful. And I've never looked back. Because there's nothing to look back to. That was my assignment at that time. Good job. I'm moving on. This is my assignment now. And now my assignment is whatever God tells me to do here. And what he tells me to do here, he wakes me up sometimes at 1, 3, 4, 5 in the morning to pray for you. To make sure that we're covering you. To make sure that, that we're feeding you good word. Not our opinion. The word of God. To cover my husband. There are nights that I stand up and I, or stand up in bed and I'm laying my hands on him. And I'm praying over him. Because no one understands the pressures. No one understands the mandate. No one understands other than the ones that have the, the pressure and the things on them. Because we know what God has called us to do and we won't back down we won't stop because the fight is worth fighting because you're worth fighting for you're worth fighting for that's what I told Pastor Jose yesterday I said oh man the enemy he's a liar honey you're okay you're good because we have God's word in us we got God before us, and we're going to be okay. Second, second thing God told Joshua, God told Joshua how to do it. And I just kind of told you. He told him, meditate on this word. Meditate on this word. Meditate on this word, and then you're going to make your way successful. Put that back up, verse um, 7. Uh, if you follow his teachings exactly, you will be successful in everything you do. Always remember what is written in the book of the law. Speak about that book. Speak about the book. Speak about it. Study it day and night. Then you can be sure to obey what is written there. If you do this, you will be wise and successful in everything you do. There's nothing wrong with being studious and, be, and having education. There's, it's all good. That's great. But if that ta is taking more of your time than this, there's something wrong. Because that can only take you but so far. But with this, it says you will have success. You will have success. Now, I know some of you don't like to hear that. But this is the only way. It's the only way. That is good. Education is good because you need to educate yourself for certain things. Uh, you need to, you know, to have that knowledge. But this, there's nothing that beats the knowledge of the word. Because you will be wise and successful in everything you do. So Joshua, God told Joshua how to do it. Then the third thing God told Joshua is who will be with him. Who will be with him? Verse 9 says, remember I commanded you to be strong and brave. Don't be afraid because the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. In this fight, God is with you. It may seem like you're alone. It may seem like no one's there. But remember, the greater one is with you. And there are more with you than there are with them. You have to remember that. Last night as we were in that, in that hospital, in the emergency room, there was a guy that came in, and he was, I, I'm assuming, on drugs. He had to be. And he was screaming and hollering, and they pepper sprayed him, and he was cutting himself. It was like craziness happening. And Pastor and I are there, and they bring him in. About six police officers are there. They're just trying to restrain him, trying to get him to calm down. And he's coming in, and he's yelling, and he's screaming. So you know me. I look over there, and I'm like sitting there. I'm like, I want to go over there. 
I, I that's just me. I just I want to go right there and I want to pray for him because Jesus loves that man right there. Because I didn't I didn't look at him with those eyes of oh my God. I looked at him with compassion. Because what if that was your child? What if that was your brother or your sister or your family member? Would you not want someone there to love on them in the time of their need? So he's there. And I'm sitting, we're sitting, pastor's in the, in the little bed gurney thing. He's like half asleep, whatever. And I start praying. I know what to do, pray. I start praying. I start speaking the word. I start looking at him. I said, I might not be able to touch him because I don't think these, these police officers are going to let me touch him right now. But I, I know what to do. I pray. So we pray. And now pastor's looking at me and we lock eyes and he starts praying. And we both start praying. And they bring him right there to us in the room right in front of us. I said, Jesus. It's so good. Now I'm sitting there and all the cops are there. And now the cops are talking to us. And I'm like, yeah, you can talk to me, but I'm praying for him. And they're looking at me like, what is she? I'm just praying. And all of a sudden, a calm came. Right there. Calm. Peace. We're the children of God. Wherever we go, we carry peace. <laughs> so we're sitting there, we're praying. And he's calming down. Now we're talk I'm talking to some of the officers, whatever. Just, And I said, God. See, sometimes we think we're alone. We're never alone. Even in the midst of all that, God placed us, we were right there to be able to pray for him so that he has the peace and that they were able to do whatever they needed to do to bring him down from those drugs. We're never alone. God always has a plan. God always puts people in our path. So God told Joshua, I will be with you wherever you go. Now, why did God give Joshua these instructions? He gave him these instructions because he was painting an image on the inside of Joshua. God is painting an image on the inside of you. He is. Joshua was going to face some things. But the image that God wanted him to remember was not the things that he was going to face. He wanted him to remember what his word says, what he said about what, what, what was going to happen. See, if you can't see it on the inside, you can't have it on the outside. You have to be able to see it. See, we're not fighting against flesh and blood. We're going against powers and rulers. We're going against things that, you know, and, and then the thing about it is that we try to do it in the natural. We can't do it in the natural. Can't do it in the natural. You have to do it God's way. You have to do it God's way. John 10.10 says this, a thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what the thief comes. And who's the thief? The enemy. But I came to give life, life that is full and good. Amen? There's a thief that does not want you to have or keep what God has given you. He knows there's a plan. He's trying to get you to believe his plan. He wants you to believe that there's no hope. He wants you to believe that it is finished. He wants you to believe that that's it, that that child is no, that's it, that you're done, that, that nothing's going to happen with that child. He wants you to believe that marriage is over, it's done. It's he wants you to believe that. And the moment that we start speaking it, we agree with him. And we got to take that back and say, no, 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 no. See, 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 you say that, but this is what God says, Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans that I have for you. This message is from the Lord. I have good plans for you. I don't plan to hurt you. I plan to give you hope and a good future. So I want to share with you today, God is good. He is only good. He is only good. Do bad things happen in life? Yes, they do. 
right? Sometimes it's because of our choices, right? Can I get a witness? We, we've made bad choices. Sometimes it's just because you're doing the right thing and the enemy just comes in and sweeps out and tries to take you out, right? But you can't go by that. You have to understand that it is not God who did that to you. It is not God who brought that to you because any good parent will never put their child in a situation to test their love. I don't put my kids in the backyard with a, with a, with a, with a gorilla or a, a bear or something and say, uh, Joshua, do you love mommy? If you love mommy, you're going to outrun this bear, buddy. No. <laughs> Won't do that in the natural. So why do we think? Why do we? Because we believe the lie that the enemy tells us that God brought this to you because he wants to show you something. God doesn't need that. He'll show you his love all around. Just wake up every morning. You see his love. He doesn't need to prove his love. He is only good. That's it, period. Don't add anything else to it. He is only good. The enemy is the thief. He's the one that came in. He's the one that puts sickness on your body. He's the one that attacks your finances. He's the one that comes against your children, your marriage, your workplace. He's the one. He's the evil one. God is only good. The thief is the one that comes to steal, kill. And we agree with him at times. When we don't do things what God, how God tells us to do it. And we, or we hold on to things when God tells us to let them go. Let it go. You know, my, my, the women's conference that I just had, that was the first night. First thing I said, let it go. Why are you still holding on to that? Don't you believe God has greater? Don't you believe that God is good and he has better? Oh, but Pastor Annette. No, but oh, no, Pastor Annette, nothing. God is greater. If you trust him, he'll bring you to the better. But Joshua, he listened to God. He did what he told him. He conquered Jericho and he destroys um, AI. Everything, everyone is hearing about this. Everybody's hearing, oh, my God, this was happening. Joshua's doing what God told him. He gets the land. He conquers everything. Now, let's go to Joshua 10. Let's go to Joshua 10. Now, these names in these Bibles, you guys know, right? Whew. So if anybody know how to pronounce them, amen, hallelujah, God bless you. I'm going to try my best. But if I jack it up, love me anyway. Here we go. At this time, Adonai Zedek was the king of Jerusalem. And he heard that Joshua had defeated Ai and completely destroyed it. The king learned that Joshua had done the same thing to Jericho and its kings. And he also learned that the Gibeonites had made, a, had made a peace agreement with Israel and that they lived very near Jerusalem. So Adonai Zedek and his people were very frightened. Let's just stop right there. Because here we go. We got kings. We have this king. He's, he's starting to hear. And he's, he's coming against um, Joshua. And he's very frightened. You know, when I read that, now mind you remember, I read this. I wrote this down while I was sitting in the hospital room with my husband sleeping, I thought of this. Isn't it funny how the enemy's more afraid of us? But at times we just bow down to him in our fear. But really, honestly, he's afraid of you because of who you are and whose you are. Amen? So Gimmon was not a small town like Ai. It was a very big city, a, as big as any royal city. And all the men in that city were good fighters. So the king was afraid. 
So then King Adonai Zedek of Jerusalem talked with the King Ho Hoham of Hebron. And he also talked to the King Param of Jarmoth, or Jarmoth, whatever, and King Jophiah of Lachish. See, I told you these names. Whew. And King Debir of Eglon. The king of Jerusalem begged these men, come with me and help me attack Gibeon. Gibeon had made peace agreement with Joshua and the Israelites. So all of a sudden, these five kings join armies together. And the message gets out to Joshua. How do you have, do you know when you're ready to about when you're about to do something for God, the giants come out all of a sudden. So the five kings came out. And then if you keep reading on in the story, this is what God told Joshua. The Lord said to Joshua, Don't be afraid of, the, of those armies. I will allow you to defeat them. None of them will be able to defeat you. None of them will be able to defeat you. So let me tell you a little bit about these kings. Now, I've been studying this a little bit, and I'm going to continue studying it, but I'm just going to give you a little bit about the five kings that came against Joshua. The first king that we read about was Adonai Zedek, right? Or Zedek. And, it, and his name means, my Lord is righteous. See, a Lord is one who rules or is a master over. So he wants to rule over our position of righteousness. See, he was coming against Joshua because he wanted to take away Joshua's peace. See, God always tells us in the Bible, and Jesus always teaches us, that we need to maintain a position of peace. If we lose our peace, we're not trusting in the Lord. And we can't operate in faith. Because the moment that you start, start taking your eyes off of God and you start, oh, frantic, you lose, you lose that. You lose your peace. Now, now you're going frantic, right? So he wanted to get Joshua to stop operating in peace because how many times did God not tell Joshua, I'm giving you this land, go for it, you got it, you got it, you're going to do this, I got you, be, a, um, be brave, be courageous. So in a fight, I want to tell you, stand your ground in peace. In a fight. Stand your ground in peace. Don't, you don't have to fight. Stand your ground in peace. Let the peace of God rule over your heart. The moment that you get out of peace, you're not trusting in the Lord. Okay? The second king, he, his name means Je whom Jehovah impels. Who Jehovah impels. In other words, he drives by exertion or strong moral pressure. In other words, he will drive people into a religious performance to perfect themselves. Hmm. This driving force will pressure people to try to make themselves better by behavior modification rather than resting and leaning on God's spirit. See, in the fight, we need to lean, lean on God, not on our own understanding. We need to lean on God. That's that next king that came. The next king that came, Param, his name means like a wild donkey, which represents stubbornness that refuses to be associated with any body of believers. It's that pride. It's that pride. So you see, that this is like specific attacks towards Joshua. Pride that would keep you from the place of destiny because you don't want to submit to anyone. Don't allow this because what it wants to do is get you isolated. 
And you know what the Bible says, that pride comes before the fall. So in the fight, don't get prideful. Get prayerful. Don't get prideful. Don't think you could do this on your own because you can't. Because you need the body of believers. Don't try to make a name for yourself. Let God make your name. Because he said he'll make your name great. Did he not say that to Abraham? Are we not Abraham's children? Does not that promise belong to us? Then amen, so be it, God. I'm not trying to make my way into places to make a name for myself. Every place that I've gone with Pastor Jose, every place that we've gone, we've always stood behind the scenes. And God always brings us up. And we always try to stay behind the scenes. And God always, but I never try to sit in the front. I always just mind my, and just, just mind my business. I'm doing God's work. And God always brought us to the front. Why? Because I didn't lean on my own self. I didn't try to make myself shine, which is the next king. The next king means, his name means shining or show yourself. Here I am, all my gifts and talents for you, God. That's great. But let God, let, let him, let the right timing of God allow that to shine forth for him. Because there's an attitude with that. See, I'm, I'm a firm believer that wherever I'm at, wherever God plants me, I'm serving there. So God tells me otherwise. And when God moves me and God tells me that my, my assignment is done there, I listen to God and I move on to what God tells me to do. And I'm faithful in whatever God tells me to do. So in that last king, in that fight, don't get prideful, get prayerful. And the last one, in the fight, don't bring attention to yourself. Don't bring attention to yourself. Another thing that, that you know, for me is like a biggest pet peeve or whatever is... Um, when we, when we bring attention to ourselves like that, when, when things are coming our way, and you wear it on yourself as if it was a badge, and you start identifying with that, how are you? Oh, my God, you don't know what I'm going through. And I get it. We all go through things. And the only reason why I'm really sharing this today, because a lot of you know that I, I really don't share a lot of you know, things like that. But the reason why I'm sharing it is because I felt that God wanted me to share this story today to help you in, in, in your walk right now. But when we do that, what are we doing? It? Are, are we looking for, for um, our validation or are we looking for something from people instead of God? Now, I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with telling somebody, listen, I, I'm going through something right now. Pray for me. Keep me in your prayers. Or coming in for counseling with a pastor or someone, you know, just to get that spiritual guidance. Nothing wrong with that. But when you start wearing it on your face and you start wearing it down and now you're calling your people and you're telling them over and over the same thing over and over again that you've been going through for the past five years, but you don't want to change it. Because if you really wanted to change it, you would go to the word of God. Because he can change it. Because he loves you. So in the fight, don't bring attention to yourself. And then the last, king, the last king that came against him, his name means speaker, talking. And that's why you got to be careful who you say what to. You got to be careful. You got to be careful what you're saying. You got to be careful because he's the one that brings criticism. He's the one that brings accusations. He's the one that brings lies. And if you're careful, you'll start speaking just like him. And in the fight, you have to watch what you say. First thing I said, it is well. It is well. 
things are going on in our life. If let me tell you, if I could if I could write a book right now for the past three months and only a few people know what Pastor and I have been going through, you would be like, oh my lord, like wow, how are you guys still standing here? How are you still standing? And my answer is this. Because the fight is worth fighting. Because God told us. Because of what God's taking us. Because of what God said. Now, let me tell you what happened with these kings. Because this is what you need to do with the kings or the giants that come against you. Joshua and his army marched all night to Gibeon. Remember the kings were going there? So it was a completely, complete surprise when he attacked them. And during the attack, the five kings ran and hid into the cave. And Joshua sent his men to cover the entrance of the cave with large rocks. And after the, the, they won the battle, Joshua goes back and tells his men to move rocks and bring the five kings to him. Now let's go to Joshua 10, 24, 26. When they brought the five kings to Joshua, he called all his men to come to that place. And he said to the officers of the army, come here, put your feet on the necks of these kings. That's what I'm doing with you today. I'm the officer in charge today. I'm calling you all together. And if there are giants in your land, I'm calling you right now. We're bringing them forth, okay? And we're taking our feet and we're putting it on the necks of those kings. And then Joshua said to his men, be strong. Be strong. It's right there, open book test. Be strong. Be strong. Don't be afraid. I will show you what the Lord will do to all the enemies you will fight in the future. Now, this is where it gets violent. This is better than a telenovela, okay? <laughs> then Joshua killed the five kings and hanged their bodies on five trees. He left them hanging in the trees until evening. See, I love this portion of here because, listen, what God, did you notice everything God kept telling Joshua, now he's telling his people? God kept telling Joshua, don't be afraid. Be strong and brave. Don't be afraid. Now Joshua goes and calls the people. He says, listen, I've been listening to God. And every time I listened to God and he told me to be strong and brave, I went through. So I'm going to tell you how to do this. Ready? Come, 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 come. Let's be strong and brave. Let's take those kings and let's put our feet on them and let's kill that sucker because he has no place in your life. Because there's an assignment, there's a, a, a purpose for God that God has for your life. And the enemy tried to take you out. He tried to sift you. He tried to, he tried to destroy you. But the Bible says that the works of the enemy are destroyed. So it's time that we come back as a people of God and we take those kings and we kill them. This is the fight that we're fighting. Ready? 1 Timothy 6.12. Fight the good fight for the true faith. That is what you're fighting. You're not fighting people. You're fighting the good fight for the truth faith. 
Hold tightly to the eternal life which God has called you, which you have declared so well before many witnesses. If one thing I want to be known for when I leave, the, when it's time for me to leave, I want to be known that I fought a good fight of faith. That, Lord, I pleased you. That I did a job well done. That many people came into the kingdom because I dared to believe you, God. I pray that that's your prayer today. That you don't back down, that you don't give up, that you keep moving forward with your child, parent. Listen, let me talk to the teens real quick. Teens, God has a plan for you. I don't care what they said. They are not God. God has a plan for you. And it's a good one. You do not need to be dating around just anybody because you're a precious jewel in the hands of the Lord. You need to see yourself as a precious jewel. Not everyone's going to love you the way God loves you. Not everyone's going to treasure you. But God treasures you. He loves you. Do not give in. Do not compromise to the things of this world. This world right now is trying to destroy you. But this is what I say, not on my watch. Not on my watch. Because if you're here today and you're here in this church, and some of you parents, you need to bring your kids to church. Bring them. Kicking and fighting, but bring them. Some people ask me, how, how have you done it? How have you been able to bring two children that, are, that work in the ministry, that help us out? That, you know how? Because there was no other option. There was no other option. Because at the end of the day, God gave me these children as a gift. And if he gave me a gift, it's for me to raise them up in the way of the Lord. And teach them and point them to the truth of God's word. So that when they grow old, they'll never depart it. And I speak this over our children right now. You shall live and not die. You shall live. And you shall serve the Lord. Because he has a plan for you and it's a good one. And I'm going to get in your business just a little bit. You can't just be dating just anybody. And you guys already know, the teens know that I talk to them, we, 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 we're real. We, we are real with them. You can't just be dating anybody. If it's not a, a boy or a girl that's serving the Lord with you, you should not be dating them. That's it. But just up to you, it's your choice. I want to speak to the marriages. There's an attack on marriages. There's an attack on the institute of family. There's an attack on the institute of what God joined together. Let no woman or man come against it. So husbands, love your wives. If you love God, 
then you'll be an example of love to your wife. And then the wife, too, I'm going to tell you, love your husbands. Pray for them. Be a good helpmate to them. Do not play the Holy Spirit in their life because you're not the Holy Spirit. He's the lead. Oh, I know that rubs some women the wrong way, but I'm going to tell you right now. All that feminist stuff, that's garbage. He's the lead. He's the lead in your home. Men, get in your place and lead. But lead as God leads. Not, 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 not thinking in the natural. Not mixing in. But getting in the book. How is God calling me to lead my family? I'm going to lead this way. Because if I lead this way, my family's successful. Children, obey your parents. You want to live a long life? Obey your parents. That's what the Bible says. To those that are single here, maybe you're wanting a mate. Maybe you want that. You desire that. And, that's, and there's nothing wrong with that because the Bible says that he gives you the desires of your heart. But don't, don't, don't try to go ahead of God. Work in step with God. Let him do what he needs to do in you. Let him heal your heart. Let him lead you. And for the women, let the man chase you. Stop chasing the man. The fight is worth fighting. The fight is worth fighting. The fight of faith is worth fighting. There are lives that need what we have. There are people hurting there are people dying, and we're the people of God, and we have the answer in the Lord, but we're still trying to mix it and do it our own way. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. So I'm here to declare to you today that I'm not giving up, that we're going forward, and that if you allow us to teach you and you allow us to point you to truth, and you allow us to point you to this word, that the guarantee is that you'll be successful, that you'll have a successful family, that you'll have children serving the Lord and growing up with husbands and wives that serve the Lord, that your bodies are healed, because that's what the word says. Would you believe God today? Let's just take a moment. I'm going to ask you to stand in a minute, but I just feel that sense the Holy Spirit just speaking right now. I know sometimes, you know, oh, that's weird in church. No, it's not. It's what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be allowing the Holy Spirit the time to speak to direct our lives because the moment you said yes to him you died to yourself and if you die to yourself then you allow him to lead you because it will be way better than you can ever do we thank you Lord we thank you Father we thank you for your word, Jesus. We thank you that we're strong people, that we're courageous people, Lord. That, Father, if there are people here right now broken and hurting, 
that, Father, their lives, their hearts are mended right now because it was the thief that came to steal, not you. But, Lord, you came to give them life. And I pray that today they see that life and that they can live again and breathe again and they can have hope again and they can trust you again and that they can let go of the past, Father, and move into the new things that you have for them. I thank you. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're speaking into our lives right now. I thank you, Holy Spirit, because you're the greater one on the inside, that you're leading and guiding us into all truth. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you. We're not giving up. We're not backing down. We're moving forward with you. We'll remember your word. We'll trust you at your word. We'll speak about your word. We'll meditate on your word day and night. And then our way will be successful. And then we will be wise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, what a sweet, sweet spirit of the Lord. What a sweet, sweet spirit of the Lord. I know some of you in this room, you've given up some things. And you're now here. Part of church at the bridge. The word that just came to me is that no, no one that leaves houses or mothers or fathers or anything, that you would get more in this time now. So count it all joy. Let God use you. Let God help you bring healing to the hearts of others. He may use you mightily and greatly. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. It's time to put it in action. It's time to put it in action. We're going to pray in a moment, even though I've been praying. There's a scripture that God showed me last night, Exodus 14, 15 through 16. And the Lord said to Moses, why are you still crying to me? Tell the Israelites to start moving. Raise the walking stick in your hand over the Red Sea, and the sea will split, and then the people can come, can go across the, on dry land. See, what God was telling Moses there was the time to, to stop crying. And it's the time to take action. And when God tells you it, it won't make sense. It won't make sense. I would say 99.9% .9 of what God says doesn't make sense in the natural. But as a believer, and as a people of God, we have the power over our circumstances. So we're going to pray. 
And I'm going to ask you to do something today a little different. I'm going to you to stand and then just hold hands across. Because there are people right next to you going through some stuff. This is what the Bible says in James 5, 16, second part. It says, the heartfelt and persistent prayer of a righteous man, a believer, can accomplish, accomplish much. When put into action and made effective by God, it is dynamic and can have tremendous power. The prayer of the righteous, it accomplishes much. It's time to put it into action. So, Father, we know, you know every need right now in this room. You know from the youngest to the oldest what we need. You know what we've been praying for. And your word says that our prayer together, in agreement with your word and with your son, it accomplishes much. And, be and we believe today that we will see your hand upon every situation. We will see circumstances changing right now in Jesus' name. We will see children changing, Father, and covered by your blood. We will see marriages flourishing, Lord, in the name of Jesus. We will see hearts transformed, God. Because we believe you at your word. And we trust, Father, that you are leading and guiding us into all truth, Holy Spirit. We speak health and healing to the bodies of those that are sick this day. And we command health and healing to flow right now. Because the word of God says that by your stripes we are healed. And we take that healing on today, Father. And we command all sickness, all disease to leave right now in the name of Jesus. And we send a word right now forth to our pastor, Lord, who is home resting. And we speak healing over his arm right now in Jesus' name. We speak swelling to go down and we speak, Father, that he rises up stronger than ever right now. Being brave and courageous in you, Father. We thank you right now. We thank you, Lord, for our finances, Lord, that we are blessed to be a blessing, that we will increase and never decrease, Father, that we, everything that we set our hands to, it prospers and it is successful according to your word, that we are blessed in the city and blessed in the field. We are blessed coming in and blessed going out, Father, that we have enough to eat and, sow, and seed to sow to advance your kingdom, we declare it this day, Father. We thank you for our children, Lord. That our children are covered by your blood. That you, our children have the mind of Christ. That they are above reproach. That they will not give in. They will not back down. That they will stand, Father, and shine for you, Lord Jesus. I thank you that you advance us, Lord, in what you want and called us to do. That we will be obedient to your word. That we will not shy away from it, Lord. That we will not hide in a cave, but that we will come out of the cave, Father. And that we will stand, Lord. And when we've done all to stand, we will stand some more, Jesus. Fully equipped, Father, to do the work that you've called us to do. Not afraid, courageous, strong, bold people. I speak for those husbands that are not saved right now, and we call them saved, Father. I speak for those children that are not saved, and we call them saved, sanctified, delivered, separated unto you, a royal priesthood, a chosen generation. For you say in your word that we call those things that are not as though they were, Father, and they are right now in Jesus' name.
We call those wives that are not saved, Father. We call them saved right now. Serving you wholeheartedly, Father. In love with you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you that we have sound minds, Father. That we're fully equipped and able to do what you've called us to do. We thank you for it, Lord. We won't back down, Father. We won't give up, Lord. We won't grow weary in well-doing, Father. But we do it unto your kingdom. For you want us in the marketplace. You want us by the highways and byways. You want us in the political realm. You want us, Father. You want us there. Because we want to infiltrate the, 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 the kingdom of darkness, Lord. For your glory and your honor. We will not compromise, Father. For we're not ashamed of you. Because you're not ashamed of us. We thank you, Lord. And this day, that this people that are here, and those watching and hearing this, Lord, let them rise. And let the enemy be scattered. We thank you for it this day. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Have a great day, everybody. God bless you.